0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the P.W. offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com comics.
1: And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Graphic Novels Review Editor for Publishers Weekly, as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at
2: at P.W. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So this week on More to Come, C2E2 preview, including the Retailer Summit preview. And we're going to look at the Valiant Summit. Uh, We're going to take a look at some graphic novel awards and... um, you know, uh, uh, the audience hates conclusion, so to speak. So, um, Heidi, you're going to be I at am. C2E2. I am. heading off
1: to C2E2 tomorrow yeah. for five days at the McCormick Place, which is so awesome. <laughs> um, I think it's been four... It's been many years since they held it in in Chicago, so I haven't been to C two E two in years. So I'm eager to see what it's become. What's become of it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm always curious about where they moved it between different halls, weren't they? I, mean, they, I only I went to the very first one. That's the uh, what's it the Chicago Comics and that was Entertainment Expo. That's right.
1: It was 2010. It was the first time. Yes, so had yeah, it. yeah, right.
0: yeah, and it was in the, the, an old. An old space, the old lake which is a great place, but apparently was so uh, ecologically and environmentally retrograde, yes, they couldn't stay there, yeah. Uh, um, so well, it's in McCormick Place now. I
1: think,
2: I think also that wasn't a, the biggest space, right? It wasn't, no, it no. wasn't. McCormick so, spa- uh, Place is, according to some, the largest convention facility. It's massive, in it is,
1: it is, it's massive, it is really huge. Um, um Dignian, I yeah, think it bro- is, yes, well, it's quite large. It's, uh, babe, uh, Paul Bunyanesque, esque yeah.
0: <laughs> But anyway, um, uh, yeah, I haven't been in a while. Apparently you haven't been in a while. So yeah. what are you expecting? Well, uh, <laughs>
1: I, I, you know, the last time I went, the retailer summit was held there for three years in a row. So I didn't go for three years in mm-hmm. a row. Um, I will be interested that the summit uh, last time was held last fall in Baltimore so it won't even be a year since the last uh, Diamond Retailer Summit. Um, apparently they've tinkered with the format a little bit more uh, mm. so there's going to be retail presentations. Word on the street is that Marvel's is not going to be open to the press so maybe after everything that happened last time David Gabriel talked to the press uh, they have, <laughs> Sorry David didn't mean to chuckle. <laughs> under a um, you know cone of silence so yeah. uh, you know I might have to send a uh, retailer in with a
0: well, with a everyone uh, knows Undercover. The beat spies are everywhere. Yes, so. exactly. So, so yeah. Um,
1: but you know, I, I am I am looking forward to that. It's an interesting time in the comics. Yeah, it's an interesting time in uh, the comics world, as we all know. And um
2: when is it not an interesting time in the comics world? I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean,
1: considering <laughs> we've been doing this podcast, that we've always found something interesting to talk about. I do think, yeah, but um, not this week. <laughs> yeah, yes, this week not there this was weekend. no. This is the week there was nothing because I think they're waiting for. The retailer yeah. summit. Or, yeah, you know, well,
0: there you go. I'm, they, I'm sure some sparks will fly around. They do around like that. the clamp
1: down. Uh, um, but one thing that's interesting is um, the last time I went, uh, quite a few publishers were saying that they didn't want to go back to c two E 2 So this is be the first time quite a few of them have been there. IDW, mm-hmm. it'll be their first time exhibiting. Dark Horse is back. Um, uh uh-huh. Viz is there. Yeah, I hear
0: there's no, Viz is gonna be uh, here as well. So manga so, presence.
1: Um and you know, listen, Chicago's an amazing, amazing um uh city obviously for mm-hmm. conventions. Uh I think the thing that everyone's always been is why isn't there a better convention for Chicago? And so mm. um you know, Reed has Reed pop is definitely up their game in so many ways. So yeah. I, I'm looking. I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful, mm. um, a wonderful event. Um, you know, eleven's going to be there. Stanley's uh-huh. going to be uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Well, um, there you go. Then. So yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, it's it's not a party without no. Stanley. No. Well, it's interesting because I remember in the past, and my you know my past is more recent than your past, but mm-hmm. Chicago used to be one of the big shows of the year. Um, and it used to come right after Comic Con. If I'm not uh, well, make, back in the days when there the day. was
1: only three or four Comic Con. right. Of any Sa- size. Yes. Um, San Diego would be uh, in July, usually at the end of July. And then just uh, two... Tour- well, sometimes Chicago was at the 4th of July. So it used to be before. Then it moved to a couple weeks after in Jeez. August. Wasn't
2: that Wizard World Chicago
1: back then? Well, it it started to shift around. You're right yeah. about that. So it, when it first was Wizard World Chicago, it moved to August. And then sometimes they even tried to have it the week after Comic-Con. But, of course, everyone um was wiped yeah yeah and then um there was a lot of car (laughs) yeah you know there's been so many complaints about c2e2 among publishers over the years like Mm. you know it isn't the way we want it to be and uh i've pointed out quite a few times that they're the ones who wanted read you know this is the only show comic show that Reed has ever launched. They've only launched New York Comic Con, which was wildly successful yes. from the get-go. And all the publishers are like, oh, do Chicago, yeah. do Chicago. You know, they didn't know Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Chicago is the only city where you have this deserted area by the lake that has this enormous place. And you're just cut off from the whole city. They yeah. didn't even, they put a train that runs like once an hour. So it's like you can't even get people in and out of yeah. this place. So... Um, it's so far and, from optimal and Reed optimal.
0: kind of rearranged their whole trade show schedule actually because they put this in the spring and then they moved because Comic Con used to be in the spring
1: that's right Comic Con was in February yeah in the and they moved times, it right. to
0: the fall mm-hmm. to yeah. set up this thing also to try to stay out of the way of the other shows that's too. Right. That's right. So, so it, it's interesting now that, you know, you just can't please everybody. Well,
1: you can't. And uh, so, however, I do understand that um, fans are having a good time. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to have a great time. I'm, uh, you know, i have been to Chicago. It's one of my favorite well, places. I love going to Chicago. It so is one a world-class, amazing city. Uh, and uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks, either next week or in two weeks. We haven't decided yet. And I'll tell you all about it. All so. right. Sounds good. Well, And my Chicago dog story. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: go. All right. So, uh, well, there are some announcements. Some of the publishers are announcing new titles. There's been the Valiant Summit. Yes. Um,
1: well, Valiant uh, held its second summit this mm-hmm. week. It was in uh, Los Angeles. Last year it was in New York, so this mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, I have to say they have probably the best marketing team of uh, well, any publisher aside from, like, Mark yeah. D.C., uh, and some might not mention one of those publishers <laughs> in the team uh, and I won't say which one not Marvel. anymore Marvel. um so, but, you know, considering uh, last year I went to the event, it was at a small theater, the, I think it was the Citizens Brigade the Theater uh, over in the East Village, and it went, it was so good. It was yeah. like at about an hour, and they came out and said, here's the titles that we're doing. They brought out Great. some of the creators. So this year, I didn't get to go, but I looked at the pictures, and it looks like they held it in some kind of like internet lab. I mean, it was like this living room with like monitors, <laughs> and it looked very cushy and yeah. comfy. So I haven't actually read the... Uh, you know, one of my reporters is there, but I haven't, haven't talked to him yet. Um, but it, and again, they they launched uh, a whole bunch of new books. They have yep. this new line called Icons, which mm-hmm. is, um, uh, you know, I actually have some yes, of your, I have
0: yes. some of the Beats yes, <laughs> yes, commentary yes, right yes. here. Well, it's them. an all new wave of ongoing series, prestige format projects, and standalone events. A new book launches every month starting from March, and they've got a whole lineup. Yes.
1: So what they did was they really took their core old things like Exo Man of War, mm-hmm. um, Bloodshot, Eternity, and mm-hmm. ninjack although I thought it was Ninja K, but now it's called Ninja right. K, uh, and Quantum and Woody, and they announced all new miniseries or ongoing series for them with by people like... Uh, the likes of Jody Hauser and Jeff Lemire and Matt mm-hmm. Kent and Christos Gates. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So Interesting creatives. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and Peter Milligan's Britannia is back. A lot of mm-hmm. people love that book, yep. myself included. And Faith, who's been like a real breakout star for them. Yes, that, well, see, that's the really And right. then there's a classified, top secret mm-hmm. thing that's coming in August. Um. So I, you know, I think this is a real smart rebranding for mm-hmm. them. Um. You know, there yeah. is it a rebranding? It's the same it's stuff. Not, it's not. It, but you know, listen, Valiant rebrands from A to B, or maybe A to C, or A to B, I don't well, know. You,
0: well, you know, what's interesting to me? I actually had a chance to 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 uh, to meet Fred Pierce and and Russ Brown from over there, and uh, and it's very interesting because I had some misunderstandings about. The Valiant Universe. Oh, wow. Well, I just thought I, you know, I, I mostly knew about Valiant, uh, from the past, um, but I didn't really know the properties that well. Um, so I I wasn't completely familiar with it. But then they, they, they're bring, they have a lot of characters who I thought were just new original characters, but they seem to be finding them and reestablishing them in this new world. They've got some very good artists and, um, they are really gung ho in, as you were saying, in marketing yes. and pushing their titles, so it's really interesting. Obviously, going the superhero route is a tough road mm-hmm. to go, but yeah. they they seem to have a connection with the retailers
1: yes. that actually Reed. dates
0: back to their earlier incarnations.
1: Yes. Now, the one there, I did see some social media um, complaining that there aren't enough, um, you know, non-white male creators on the line, uh, mm-hmm. and they have like a couple. Uh, Jody Hauser, once again, mm-hmm. is. Uh, uh writing faith she's been writing that for a while and um i think they had one other (laughs) male creator so that's kind of like there there was definitely um some complaining about that something to
0: work on there well there is And, and i mean but
1: i've said this uh you know whenever uh i get a chance i mean you do need to uh, you know, we went all over this yeah. when we talked about the Marvel thing. And, you, you, you know, just that that was like three weeks ago. So so just to restate what I said, you know, what David Gabriel was, was really trying to say is that making books more diverse doesn't necessarily sell more copies. Not that it kills sales. But yeah. um, I do think that there is a certain segment of the comics buying Um, <laughs> um of comics buying retailer community <laughs> that is pretty conservative you know i think well, you they think? have a yeah. little <laughs> bit i think there might be a little bit of a make comics great again idea yeah out there. could be true and you know i do think valiant uh i'm not saying they're doing it on purpose i really don't think that they're they're like that at all and you know of course the company's owned by Dinesh so um you know it is actually a, a minority owned mm-hmm. publisher mm-hmm. Yeah. um and uh so I don't know. I so, would like to see them. What I would like to see, I think they they are, they are old fashioned in that way. And I I think like like, I think moving into the twenty first century would be really cool and would really and help. maybe they they'd have a book that didn't bore me to tears. Oh, well, well Kate is literally about to nod off here. So, I mean, she literally. I had to just poke her with a sharp stick to wake her up. Talking so. about valiant and but but I mean, Kate. I, I
2: Archer mean, that, and Armstrong is mildly amusing. The rest it? of it, I've give, I've tried, I've tried. Mm. I want to like Valiant. I just don't give a damn. What, what
0: about got minority characters? Um, uh, certainly, um, the ones that I am familiar with is I think a uh, Live Wire, yes. uh, one of yes. the Harbingers. Well, so um, look, this is like a shout out to Valiant. Come on, yeah. there's people out here you, you could serve. You know. A wider audience yeah. for sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even, a, it's, it's definitely not a uh, knock against anyone who's working on it. Yeah, movie. no, no, not not at all. A no. a great lineup. I mean, none
2: of it, like, I'm not offended by any of it. And I'm not like, oh, this is a terrible book. It shouldn't exist. <laughs> I just don't care. But, there's- um, but that's personal taste. That's just <laughs> right. me
0: but see right. there you go the mark there's room to grow in the market there is room <laughs> right. there's room to grow <laughs> There is Kate's sitting there, over here there is room and, to grow. You know, and you know they, saying show me they did those
1: cosplay <laughs> cat covers and that well those
2: but, were cute but have nothing to do with what's inside the book <laughs> yes that, <laughs> that was only a that. temporary
1: band-aid so <laughs> um but but anyway but i mean it's it, all the tools it's just like sometimes i feel like they have an old jalopy in the yard that they're they're you know, painting over and detailing and maybe...
0: Well, they're souping it up. Maybe it's like an old Cuban car, you know, yeah. it looks like it's from 1957, but actually that's a brand new engine Yeah, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, but, you well, know, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I guess I just don't really get their concept.
0: Uh, well, it's, um, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm learning more about them. And, um, you know, I, one thing I do know, they are in uh, attendance everywhere.
2: They seem like and, nice in people. In a
0: big way. Oh. Um, and for, at one point um, what Adam Freeman was working mm-hmm. there we know well and who he is definitely a dynamic figure I, I believe
1: was, he still works he there he must still be
0: working there and I haven't seen him in a while yeah. but uh, he's a great guy and I you know and we haste, we've talked with him about that uh, yes. times before. And
1: uh, you know Hunter Gordonson does mm-hmm. the marketing. He is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Fred is a super smart guy. Yeah. Um, Dinesh is fantastic. Everybody yeah. I mean, there is great. So, so so you know I, I it's, it's it is what it is, and uh, they're having success with what it is. So I guess we're just like saying yeah. uh, they're maybe, having success. Okay, good. Yeah, success. they are. No, they are growing yeah, in the marketplace. They're definitely so. growing. So all right, good so for them. More to come. More from to come. So
0: okay um we're
1: so scrambling for news this week. it's literally nothing happened dear
2: listeners i spent so much time trying to find something interesting (laughs) for you to listen to if if you're a little bored by your navel gazing we're really sorry but the second half of this show will be a delightful interview by calvin
0: absolutely so uh more to come on that but we but there have been a few awards now we're in the middle of a mini award season so we can go over a few things on that uh shall i kick it off sure uh with the the lynn ward graphic novel award uh and presented annually by the penn state university libraries uh this year it went to Saren glidden's uh rolling uh, blackouts um uh her accounts so it's really a memoir uh a combination of memoir a work of journalism about traveling through the middle east Talking with people, talking with the population, really getting a sense of what's going on, really at the most granular level. It really is a kind of tour de force of kind of personal face to face, on the ground journalism in comics yes. form. So, so I think um, she
1: pioneered in. Um, yes, and uh, talk about Israel. Yes, 60 in sixty days. days yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Um, so it um, uh, it comes with a, a cash price, too, which I can't remember how much right. money is. It's, it's like used. I think it's twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, two honor books. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Jules Pfeiffer's Cousin Joseph, um, the sequel to his uh, first graphic novel. And uh, Lisa Hanawalt, uh, Hot Dog Taste Desk. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I the, I consider the Lynn Ward Prize one of uh, the two kind of literary prizes. Uh, yes. uh, the other is the LA Times uh, graphic yeah. novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LA Times Book Prize graphic novel- um, category uh which will be announced in a few weeks we that the winner in that has not been announced yet uh i believe whatever the l a book festival is was i think it might be next week or the week after anyway it's coming mm-hmm. right up so we'll have that uh but some other the doug wright award nominations uh were announced these are the uh canadian comics awards and uh let's see well the the big news there was that catherine collins is being uh nominated moved into the the giants of the north which is what the canadians call their hall of fame for oh comics, great. which okay. is really cool <laughs> Um, another pretty prestigious prize is the Cartoon Studio Prize, which is given out by uh-huh. Slate and uh the Center for Cartoon Studies. And the winners in that, they have two categories in that, uh, which is uh print and web comics. And in print, Eleanor Davis won for Libby's Dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christina Tran won for a comic uh called um now I don't have a coming up, so it's it's like it's called beauty or something mm-hmm. along those lines anyway they're both really excellent uh, libby's dad um. It's published by Retrofit It's kind of part of their uh-huh. Little singles line Which they yeah, pioneered yeah, yeah. But now a lot of publishers Small, small indie publishers yeah. Are doing it And they're getting They are really getting A lot are. of literary People like claim. Retrofit And yeah. Youth in
0: Decline And um, really Yeah so, totally
1: yeah. Um, And also Kush Comics from Latvia uh, They have a wonderful Lineup of, of uh, You know Individual comics um, Well there was The Glyph Awards uh, For the Achievements In African American That's true Black, I'm inb- Black
0: I'm
1: By uh, Kwanza Oja Sofeo and oh yes yeah. uh, Jamal Igel uh, led the nominations there uh, also a lot of nominations for Bitch Planet and March Book 3 yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but for once March uh, Book 3 didn't leave that. It. it was actually Black Uh published by Black Mass Studios uh, so let me see any other um let me see and um yep that's about that's about it so i'm just looking here <laughs> like the my awards category on the uh on the, the beat is like, uh, you know, an endless, endless. We are in the throes of awards nominations. And right. the Eisner Award nomination should be coming, coming up
0: pretty soon. Any I, day now. I can actually throw in the, the nominations for a brand new award. Mm. Um, really, uh, it's a, a partnership between EBSCO, the Library Subscription Service, and the, um, the Graphic Novel Committee of the Children's Book Council. They have launched a new award called the See It Award to recognize the cultural and literary impact of youth Graphic novels, And they just announced their first uh, novel um, nominations. And there are, what, six books. Um, the Imitation Game, Alan Turing uh, by uh, Jim Audiviani and Leland per- uh, Purvis. Light by Rob Cham. March Book Three by, of course, John Lewis, Andrew Iden, and Nate Powell. The Nameless City by Faith Aaron Hicks and Jody Blair uh rendezvous in phoenix by tony sandoval and snow white a graphic novel by matt phelan the final winner will be na- be announced at the uh, 2017 ala annual convention oh
1: nice so in it's june a, so it's kind of a little comics award just for the uh, the yes, summer ALA. absolutely yes that's uh that's pretty cool so, so
2: should we yeah. have our own award for best comics award
1: yes uh well the best comics it's actually for- no contest it's got to be the doug wright awards
0: Oh yes, that's right. That's yeah. true, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, that's true. Well, you know, actually, having seen it for the first time or several times now, uh, it is pretty cool. It is. That, yeah, that's it's the best cool part the is there.
1: that. Well, that you, although the because
0: Ig- his wife is there.
1: Yes, but, <laughs> and, but also the Ignatz Awards. I would say those are the number two awards. Yeah, Nova? and I haven't
0: I haven't seen it in years, but the Ignatz was awesome too. Yeah, um, yeah. I but- mean, I think the last time I saw it, Keith Knight was handing out the awards and taking a shot of vodka every time he gave one that
1: was at an old venue Calvin yeah that was way back Calvin (laughs) would stay for the awards well I'll tell you what makes uh, you know no offense to the Eisners the Eisners are also grand Um, the Harveys this year will be at New York Comic Con for the first time oh that's right I forgot about that Ah. uh, but the well what makes the Doug Wright Awards great is that there's only three, uh four mm-hmm. if you count the giants in the mm-hmm. north. So it's uh brief, and yet they managed to stretch it out in the most charming <laughs> way possible. And they're designed by uh the great cartoonist south all yeah, over the room. Yeah. Uh well, I had the honor of presenting a yes, uh, a Doug Wright Award. Uh I, was, I think it was last year actually. Yeah, yeah. Um Very, um, uh, it was um, you know a a great honor, and I was a little intimidated by it, to be fair. But um, uh, it's such a charming ceremony, and the Ignatz Awards are great because afterwards there's an open bar and a chocolate fountain.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was a there was a uh, I mean I think Dustin Harbin uh, was a pinch hitter. Yeah. And they do seem to to pick a good rack on tour. Uh, to host these events, so there's you know there's much charming patter
1: there is, throughout is, the commentary. These, these are the gold standards. I event. I enjoyed the panoply and spectacle of the Eisners as well, and yes. <laughs> um, the camaraderie of the Harveys. <laughs> so um, I've been to my share of comics awards, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
0: and well, just to pl- you know, just to, as an advertisement for ourselves, um, the uh, PW you know graphic novel critics poll. It has its own charm.
1: That's true. That's true, and I, I feel the results have been very valid. I,
0: absolutely, very, absolutely. Very so results. we, you know, we get an honor award. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: yes. Well, you know, I just was mentioning um, Comic Cons and all that, and it's it's the throws of Comic Season, and um, uh, so quirky notes. Since we don't have a lot of news, here's a little quirky note for you. Um, Charlie Sheen has been announced as the guest at this weekend's uh, Minnesota Wizard World, Minnesota. And there's actually a petition to say that he should not be a guest Mm. because he is, um, you know, abusive to women. Mm. And like the the website has this long list of like pretty much every woman he ever dated um, (laughs) he abused. And uh, I think it has about a thousand signatures Mm. right now.
2: But, um, you know. All I can say is how many people coming to a Minnesota Comic Con will be willing to pay considerable money to see Charlie Sheen? And how, given how rich Charlie Sheen is, I would imagine he is requiring a significant amount of money from the Comic-Con. Guar- guarantee, yeah. So, I mean, I, I People almost... People like
0: these guys. <laughs> well, I, I,
2: I almost feel like a boycott Charlie Sheen effort might be more effective than petitioning the Comic-Con, which right. clearly we, wanted to bring him in. I mean, think one thing does
0: come to mind, I mean... I mean, how many people have been stars at these shows in the past that probably have a pretty bad record with women?
2: This is oh well, quite a few. But, but I mean, like this guy's. But actually they're been,
0: focusing on Charlie Sheen, well, well, for Char- obvious reasons. Charlie
2: Sheen has has a really well documented yes, really exactly. long and very public very, public, very yes. violent history with Well women. there's I it's mean, not just like he's insulting or yeah. something. You know
1: there are quite a few I mean Wizard has had some real black sheep. They had Rod Boglovic, the uh the disgraced g- uh, governor of of uh, mm-hmm. Illinois. Yeah. Uh soon after he was forced to step down yeah. or impeached or whatever happened to him, I mean it happens in Illinois. So um so you know they have a, a history of having these black sheep at the shows. Yeah and um you know people do want to meet them so uh just don't have Denise Richards and him in the same room yeah. you, know? so, <laughs> there you go. i guess it becomes a question of who's not going to do comic cons at some point uh you know like what celebrities are it just seems to be like there's no everybody yeah, yeah
2: there's no limit everybody yeah, who yeah.
1: actually genuinely wants to yeah but you know i had a um i had there was a, a piece on buzzfeed that i linked to that was so funny because it was showing uh, uh this is nothing to do with comics, but apparently some kind of meet and greet with Avril Levine the uh the fake mm. punker from a few years mm. ago and like she won't touch people at all at at the things and like people are paying four hundred dollars to stand next to Avril Levine I mean that's pretty and she won't
2: even touch your shoulder yeah,
1: yeah she won't she doesn't want to be touched. I understand not wanting to be touched but you know <laughs> like like these pictures are so dismal it's like <laughs>
0: well um we're gonna wind this up here I good think we're gonna as on on one note I mean we did discuss uh the controversy around the Ardian uh, siaf uh the Marvel comics artist who did x men Gold and um you know sort of snuck some inappropriate messages into it uh he has been terminated uh, by Marvel left a cryptic and actually sort of um I don't know I just I just sad note on his website I I, I this is one of those events that I just find inexplicable. Well, there was, you know, you know uh,
1: I, we don't have much time, but I, I this doesn't—it's not even worth drilling into. But no. I mean, you know, I, I think that I mentioned, like, you know, Gail Simone had had met him and posted. Mm-hmm. I think this might have happened after the last time we talked. But um, you know, she said that he was. Um, uh, hadn't traveled much. And that was his first con. It was in Singapore that she met. And, you know, he was a pretty simple, home-loving guy who lived in a, you know, a fairly simple down-to-earth life. Uh, and, um you know, this is the kind of people who do get targeted yeah. quite a bit by um, extremist groups or mm. uh, rad- they become radicalized. And I'm yeah. not even saying like like in, in just <laughs> in, in terms of uh, Muslim radicalization. I mean, these are the kind of people who join cults. These are the yeah. kind of people who are susceptible to suggestion. Mm. So
2: you these know. are the kind of people who don't realize this is a terrible idea that will get you fired. Yes,
1: there
0: yeah. you go. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well,
1: there there really is going to be more to come. Yeah, because so, uh, um, this week there wasn't much, but we got, yes, but but, uh, but hold on, there, there is an it, interview. Yes,
0: there yes, there is. is an interview coming. Don't up. Don't change that yes, channel. Don't change that. There's an interview coming up with Robert Sikoriak, um of uh, about his new. Well, it's a it's a it's a new and improved version of Terms and Conditions. Um, his frankly hilarious conceptual comic book where he takes the um, the boilerplate of your uh a, well actually now he's discouraging you from mentioning the lawyers have suggested he not use the actual name of it but it is the boilerplate of the software agreement that we all use you know for music all the time and he's turned it into an absolutely delightful a romp through comic style in comics history so uh it's I full thought color you were allowed
2: to mention what it was it just couldn't be the title well it's
0: itunes terms and conditions but he actually did suggest that we not use it in the um
2: i thought we just weren't supposed to use that as a title because that's not the title anymore.
0: And it's not the title anymore yes i mean obviously you can refer to it but um so i may be going a little too far but he did change you know yeah. he did suggest that
1: it's a little more sensitive yes
0: because they did you know dnq did have the lawyers look into it but in any event it's coming right up welcome to more to come P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Alright, um, welcome to more to come this week and we have the great pleasure of talking with R. Sikoriak, Robert Sikoriak, um the author of, among other things, Masterpiece Classics. Did I get that right? Yes, yes.
3: Masterpiece Excuse Comics.
0: Excuse me, Masterpiece Comics. Um, um Marvelous parodies, smart parodies of great literature. Uh, but we're here to talk about once again, um the his amazing uh graphic novel adaptation of Apple's iTunes terms and conditions and i mean the unauthorized adaptation of itunes terms and conditions uh bob thanks for being on more to come oh you're welcome thanks for having me um well you know we talked a little bit when this when it when the book first came out in your hand done version of it but um now we've got a brand new edition uh very classy uh, tra- uh trade paperback is there a hardcover too or is it going to be no just trade the trade paper. paperback uh, well a handsome edition um tell us how this differs from your original pretty much hand-done version of the book that came out um when was the stomach a year a year and a half it ago two years now
3: the first the first part of the first edition came out in april 2015 so um so i started in late 2014 making the comics
0: Mm -hmm.
3: um in uh, april 2015 i put out what i thought was going to be the first half Mm -hmm. of text as a comic okay and uh, i I put it out as a black and white mini comic Mm -hmm. and um and then as i was working on the uh second half uh apple updated the terms and of uh the the terms and conditions and Mm -hmm. they ended up expanding it so um i had to go back uh re-edit the first uh Mm -hmm. First 36 pages but then i ended up adding another 24 pages at the end so ultimately i came up up with uh, two black and white mini comics that came out uh the last one came out in september 2015 um and then for the for this edition
0: um Mm. they had updated the terms again (laughs) (laughs) that that doesn't usually happen with the text that you adapt when you're talking about crime and punishment it pretty much stays the same but uh, (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs)
3: um I mean, sometimes there's a question of like which text to use—is oh, sure. the authorized yeah, just, text, this the mm, author's mm, favorite mm, version—but <laughs> in this case, no. It was changing while I was drawing it, uh, which was kind of hilarious and it kind of fit into the into the point of what I was doing. I think. In any case, so the so the a quarterly edition uh, just came out this year, and um, I uh, colored it, redrew some of the earliest pages because I didn't feel like they were up to up to the level of some of the later ones. Mm-hmm. Um, And then at the very end, before I turned it into the printer, into the publisher, uh, I ended up checking to make sure where the terms were. And it turned out they were, in fact, updated yet again. Again. So (laughs) minor changes. Luckily, I didn't have to add another 20 pages. That would have been horrifying. (laughs) I'm not sure what I would have done at that point.
0: Um, Well, just so that our listeners know for sure, in case they've just dropped in on this um, this really interesting and amusing situation – you are turning the legal boilerplate of itunes terms and conditions those um those those uh clickable documents that we click on and almost never read you've turned this into a book yes exactly <laughs> and um, even better a comic book <laughs> i
3: don't see any other way to do it yeah exactly. right. <laughs> i guess you could just print the words out but what's the fun in that yeah. no i um i i uh we talked as we talked last year I'm, i'm Kind of amazed. It's hard to know exactly how far these ideas kind of penetrate the world, but it seems like there are still people who are seeing it for the first time. So sure. um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful people are still interested. Uh, in any case, um, I uh, had been adapting literature into comics, and usually when I do that, I'm boiling the text down. I'm, I'm sort of taking you know a novel like *Crime and Punishment* and boiling the text down, editing it down, refashioning it slightly and uh, making it into like a 10-page comic. Um, I'd been doing that for many years, and um, as I'd been doing that, the world of comics had kind of expanded and changed in different directions. So I was interested in in coming up with a way of doing a long-form adaptation of a text. And instead of adapting it or boiling it down, I thought I should take the entire text uh, and just use it verbatim and i had been doing that a little bit with poetry i did a little bit Mm. with whitman i did a little bit with uh, edgar Allan poe and um i thought well i really want to do something long like i need to i need to find a text that's long and just the words text that long text that's long um made me think of the terms and conditions which are so ubiquitous yeah Uh, so um so and kind of infamous uh for being so uh so um i um I thought, well, that's my source. That's ludicrous. I don't think it had been. I, I don't think it had been done before. So I, I so I
0: did that, um, and I can go on to explain more. I don't know how much you will need to keep. Well, yeah, there. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm also. I, I want to make it clear, or have you make clear? I mean, the relationship between what you're, what you've done here with terms and conditions and your, your other work. Uh, I mean, I think at one point you described it to me as, you know, uh, uh, you're dealing with what long, difficult texts that people haven't read and afraid to admit <laughs> something along right. those lines right. yeah. or maybe
3: or maybe long texts that people are vaguely familiar with but feel kind of guilty they haven't got sure yeah and i mean i i'm i feel that guilt as well i mean sure. i uh, people assume i'm well read because i've adapted classics but what happens is when i am adapting something it's kind of all i'm reading so like i know a few texts you know in detail but so many other things in the world I haven't read Anna Karenina yet. What's All wrong right, with it?
0: Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> we can keep our eye on the lookout for future uh, Masterpiece comics from you. But, um, well, maybe tell us a little bit about about the process of working because I just want to make sure also people understand is that virtually every page of this book and then the new version is, uh, I think the your original hand version is about 90 some pages. The new one goes over. I mean, as you said, you added some material. Every page of this book is you in your inimitable fashion, Recreating it as a page from a classic comic of some uh, either past or present.
3: Yes, that's right. Well, the, the, one of the things that got me so excited about doing this was in all of the adaptations that I've done before, I'm always trying to find like some clever connection between the visual style, which is always an adaptation of, 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 of another comic, um, and some, somehow try. So I always try to find some connection between that visual style. And the text that I'm doing, whether it's like ironic or just counterintuitive, mm-hmm. sometimes they really mash up. In this case, uh, I knew because it was long form, I didn't want to just do one style. Uh, I knew I would go crazy. I knew people <laughs> would get bored with it. Um, and what got me, so I knew that there would be there would be some element of of parody in it. And that, and I decided early on each page would be in a different style. When I was um, when I was putting this together, what got me so excited about doing it. Um, with this text is that there's no characters, there's no plot, there's not really a narrative. I mean, there's a sequence of words that makes sense, but it's not what we think of as a traditional narrative, which meant I could kind of impose other narratives taken from other comics. Mm-hmm. So each page is uh, is not only a parody of a style, but it's actually uh, kind of an homage to a specific page of comics. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a Superman page. It is, in fact... page from a 1940s superman comic drawn by wayne boring so it's like very particular Um, and every page is is just like that Um, so i have an index in the back so you can find out Mm -hmm, sources i used and the idea is that if you're curious uh, you can actually see just how close it is to the original Um, now the other thing I realized I needed to do was, uh, I wanted to have some visual connection from page to page. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was blessed. I was blessed in the fact that, um, by choosing an Apple, uh, terms and conditions Mm -hmm. that, um, the face of Apple, Steve Jobs had such an iconic outfit that he wore on every occasion. (laughs) So, so by dressing all of these characters in that costume the the black turtleneck the jeans the sneakers the glasses it creates this sense that you're following one character around even though each page is its own wildly different you know environment style you know situation so um you know i you 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 read him you quote unquote, read him as a continuing character, but he has all these different characters.
0: No, it's really amazing. I mean, uh, uh, on the one hand, uh, you've kind of created the most boring graphic novel of all times. On the other hand, still, it's it's an adventure graphic novel. And yes, your hero, Steve Jobs, shows up over and over again pushing this narrative forward often you know um, in your you know your pages your homage pages uh usually in very di- dynamic fashion i mean i love the there's the great frank miller page i guess it's from dark knight returns where he's kind of descending out of the sky and of course he's you know he's talking about well terms and conditions let's see if i can uh yeah gift certificates itunes cards and codes allowances and content codes yeah, yeah, gift certificates. In addition to unused balances, are not redeemable for cash, and cannot be returned for a cash refund. It doesn't get any more dynamic than that.
3: <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, comics, comics often veer toward drama, melodrama, uh, certainly conflict. So, um, I really wanted the book to represent a, a history of comics and an international history of comics, and in so doing, you know, I was, I was looking for artists that i loved. i was looking for characters that i love i was looking for famous famous archetypes in comics and those tend to be the most dramatic so uh some people were a little shocked at how how aggressive this character is as he goes through <laughs> the book but he, you know he's the he's the protagonist of many of these stories so um he ends up being very proactive
0: yes absolutely uh, and I mean, you must have—you've got well, well. Since every page is a different comic, you've got well over a hundred. Yeah, it's a different artist. I mean, just a short list for people who may be interested. Um, and I'm going to list the specific—you know—Jim Steranko. I'm just going to list the artists: Jim Steranko, Charles Schultz, Neil Gaiman, and Mike Drin- Dringenberg, um, Todd McFarlane, uh, the the Harvey House style. <laughs> um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, Charles Burns. I mean, it's really uh, a delightful excursion through comics uh, history. Uh, and as a matter of fact, and this is a bit of a, I will take a, a little aside. I just got back from the Center for Cartoon Studies, and I was happen to be in, in the phenomenal Charles Schultz library. And I noticed that uh, there's an Arsikoriak digital library there yes <laughs> so um I, you know, I think james stern the, the co-founder of ccs to are you donated the um is this one of your resources for looking up comic styles
3: yeah oh absolutely i mean i don't think this comic would have been possible before the internet i <laughs> as as you can see yeah calvin in my office i'm i'm we video
0: phone books. here yeah so but <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: yeah yeah um but um in the um but so much of my research uh, for these different projects comes from, you know, finding comics online. You know, mm-hmm. I shop a lot at Comicsology, especially for this book. It'd be like, oh, I need the, my little pony page. Well, I'll go buy right. a my okay. little pony comic. Um, you know, and there's so many resources of um, public domain comics from the past, which, is, which are really useful as well. So um, I have been uh, acquiring a much bigger library, a digital library than I can possibly fit um, physically in my apartment. So, um, yeah,
0: so it's okay. been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, well, this is, a, this is a holdover question from the first time I interviewed you. <laughs> did you ever hear from Apple? No, I never did. You know? <laughs> I never did. I, I would, I would love
3: to hear from them. I'm sure. a little nervous about hearing from them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I hope they would take it. Uh, I hope they would see it as the, as the, um, as the tribute it is it's certainly sure. it's certainly an odd tribute but i mean i i'm a, i mean i drew i drew this uh comic digitally uh using a cintiq and my imac there you
0: go you know i
3: have my my iphone went off before yeah. <laughs> i mean i i love the products um and um you know it's not it it's not someone's described it uh described the book as looking like it was it was like some sort of hate mail to Apple but that's that's he said it, it looked like that but it actually isn't i mean it's i wouldn't have invested this much time in it if i didn't feel like this was like a topic worthy of uh greater discussion uh so um so no i haven't heard from them uh, i'm assuming i mean i'm not a lawyer but i'm assuming since i haven't heard from them they're okay. It's it. been time for them to find out about it. Yeah, you know? and, like, true.
0: And like, yeah, know Did D and Q? were were they? Uh, was there any uh, apprehensiveness by uh, legal counsel on their part? Did they do any extra vetting? Well, they did actually, mm-hmm. um,
3: and the lawyer is thanked in the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping to meet him uh, later this year. But he wrote. He wrote um, an opinion saying that he felt like it was it, totally fair use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Drani Quarterly certainly wanted yeah. someone to. Give it a look over beforehand. I was I was somewhat cavalier about it, and they were like, "Well, we can't be that cavalier about it." <laughs> all right. So uh, the book is called "Terms and Conditions." So uh, strictly, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> no corporations are involved in the title. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, uh, I mean, I'm hoping this I'm hoping this encourages publishers to feel a little bit uh, more uh, comfortable about doing doing material like this. I mean, all of my work does involve parody um you know even though most of the novels have been written by um uh authors who are long dead um but but many of the artists i I, um parody or many of the characters i parody you know are ongoing corporate concerns so
0: (laughs) although obviously parody uh should give the fact that it's very clearly a parody. I mean, it's it, that, that obviously should give you some legal cover, but certainly, uh, you know, you, I'm sure, you know, you, you wonder from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you talked about how you adapted it, but I'd love to know, maybe tell our audience a little bit more about the text and how, I mean, how you organize the text so that both it still reads exactly as Apple offers it, but also becomes, you know, useful in word balloons and captions and, you know, it, it is a living comic book dialogue, amazingly enough.
3: Well, thanks. Um, I uh, I mean, I just, I really approached it, I really approached it as, as just a straightforward job. I, I didn't want to get, uh, no pun intended, uh, it's just a straightforward <laughs> job. I I was really just trying to break it down for clarity. Um, so certainly a, there's a lot of like captions, uh, not I use them as captions. There's lots sure. of mm-hmm. sub subheadings that are useful for like breaking the text down. So like, you know, certain pages like will have like pre-orders and there'll be a couple of sentences and then family sharing and there'll be like two paragraphs. And then there's, you know, um, uh, I can't find the next one, but uh, you know, they break it down according to subject. So that helped me sort of figure out how much to fit on right. a page. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I mainly was going for uh, word count. I, I, the, the longest pages have about 200 words, which is a lot of words for a comic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the sentences are also really long. So <laughs> often I will have to continue a sentence from one panel to the next, you know. And I try to break it at the comma. I don't want it to feel... I didn't want it to feel like I just literally Hopped poured text mm-hmm. in any thought. Yeah. But um, but it still it still requires a certain amount of concentration to, like, follow the train of thought through each sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just tried to be very, uh, reverent to line breaks and not line breaks, but, you know, paragraph breaks and and sentence structure and that sort of thing. Um, um, so, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, fairly straightforward, but what I didn't really explain yet though, the other half of it was after I sort of broke the text down according to how much I could fit on each page, then I went and did a bunch of drawings of the comics and I Mm -hmm. didn't comics to the to the text. Uh-huh. Huh. The comics were drawn, you know, I would look for pages that would have this uh, one character who I could dress in the Steve Jobs uniform, um, and then I would bring those into InDesign, which is a, a layout program for mm-hmm. um, for magazines and, and mm-hmm. often comics, um, and then I would combine the text with the images according to how I could sort of break it down so that it still made sense, you know, sentence, sentence structure-wise. Um, so it was kind of like building a crossword puzzle because mm-hmm. Um, It was a matter of like, oh, I really love this page. I can only fit about 170 words on this page, so I can't use it with this part of the text. Oh,
0: yeah. you know, Save so it for later or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, I see.
3: Sort of shuffle it around. Yeah. I mean, I, I I pretty much drew the book from beginning to end, except when they updated it, and I had to make a couple of changes. But um, I drew about 14 pages at a time, oh. uh, brought those into InDesign, laid out those pages, and then moved on to the next chunk. Mm-hmm. So um, it was... um. It was, it was just a process of sort of like manipulating the text to have some uh, sense in terms of, like I say, reading, but not necessarily in terms of the drawing. But what's so exciting to me about the book is that there's many cases where there seems to be like a direct parallel yeah, and mm-hmm. a call and response between these visuals and, and the text. Yes, so. I
0: know. Beyond, you know, uh, the impossibility of that. But it does. You've, you've created that effect. Sure. <laughs> Well, now, did you always plan to turn it, you know, into a color comic? I mean, I, were, were the handmaids just sort of really your your um, your your working working copies in some ways? I'm just sort of curious about how we end up now with the um, with the trade book edition.
3: Well, I wasn't really clear what was possible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, when I started it. It was really the the process of making this book was really to sort of set up a challenge for myself to like find a different way of making comics at least one time i wanted to really try to make a long-form comic so part of it was a personal challenge um and you know i didn't know if apple would maybe not like it so much so i put <laughs> yes, <out> well <laughs> the, I, I put out the i put out the mini comics um you know one as i made them yeah and then um I, uh, you know, I was happy just to have done it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had hoped—I always hoped for another edition, but I, I wasn't really sure what would happen um, if that w- if that was going to be possible. If I'd find a publisher who'd, who'd been willing to do it, because I'd I'd shown it around to people, and some were like, "I don't think we can do this." <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, there was a little squeamishness. Sure, I didn't show it to a lot of people, but I showed it to a couple of people, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Can we do this?" You know, uh, and Running Quarterly was also like. We'd like to do it. So anyway, it was it was more just it was more just for me to do it. And I really I just wanted to engage in comics in a new way. It really was it really was that. Um oh you always hope a book can come of it. Um so when uh when the possibility and then the reality of Drawn and Quarterly uh saying they would do it uh happened, um then it was like, well, is it color? Is it black and white? I mean, I I was actually at first I was concerned the color might be too disjointed, but I think that just adds to the beauty of it. Actually, it really like, does. It, it
0: really does. It really that <laughs> it, it. You're you're a sleight of hand. You know, the magic is even more pronounced um, with the color because you really are now. The 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 pages you borrow from from manga are still in black and white. Yes. So and um, I do know.
3: I know some of those were colored and I was, I almost, in some cases I was trying to decide to, I color this to match the new version. But, you know, um, you know, I use a color Scott Pilgrim page just because, uh, it was sort of surrounded by a lot of black and white pages. So I decided that I would color that one and there was a color version of it. So all the color is also very much based on the source material. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Love and Rockets, Scott McCloud, um, Charles Burns, there's a number of Harvey Peck, Akira, there's a number of comics in here that originally appeared in black and white that it seemed like fair to keep them that way. Um, and I, I kind of wanted that. I Once I started coloring it, it was clear that I just wanted the element of surprise to sure, just sure, increase.
0: Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I think one thing we have to revisit also is that, you know, just as you were saying, you know, who's going to publish this? I mean, the media response you got over over this, although I, I, as I recall, you said that you, you were posting it online for a while and without any problem. But what what made me pay attention was I got this email from you. And and then I noticed m- m- not it wasn't just me that were people that were starting to notice this thing. And at the end of the day, I mean, it seems like every media outlet you can think of was like trying to, we're scratching our head and doing a story about the uh, yeah. terms yeah. and conditions of, from the Guardian to the Observer, Huffington Post, uh, you name it, Time, uh, GQ. <laughs> uh, so obviously that must have played into your uh, a sense of, well, where can we take it from here now?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's really it's so interesting i had never really posted my work online before um but um you know i put out the mini comics and i felt like i felt like i had something good here and people just you know one-on-one said to me oh these this is really exciting we really like this and i was hoping to get a little bit more attention for it Uh, and i was talking to francois Mouly. Um, f- who the art director of The New Yorker, who I've known for many years, and she said, you should put it on Tumblr. And I'd never serialized a comic online. So I'd already done the minis. They were out in the world. I'd sold them at conventions. Um, and one or two people wrote about it, but not very much. I started, I started putting it on Tumblr, one page a day. Mm-hmm. About a month into that, maybe a month and a half, I just sent out an email. That's probably the email you got. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. said, hey, everybody, I did this thing. It's on Tumblr. And um, within 24 hours, you know, you saw it, and a few other people who were connected in the media saw it, mm-hmm. and it just sort of like it okay. just sort of escalated from there. And if I hadn't sent that out,
0: <laughs> I you know, know, I
3: might have found a few more things. But you know, it just I think what happened is I think someone forwarded it to Boing Boing, and that might have been yeah. the first mm-hmm. one that people really saw. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's it's really interesting. I I teach a lot of students and. You know, I'm always encouraging people to try different sources of getting their work out, but I think part of what helped me was just that I've known, I had such a good email list at this point, <laughs> sending it out to you know 30 years of contacts yeah. you know, in my 15 years of emailing um, really kind of got the word out. So it's difficult to get. Mm-hmm. It's still It's still interesting and somewhat difficult to get the right people to see it. But once they saw it, it felt like everybody saw it. So <laughs> I'm doubly grateful that people are still reviewing the book because I sort of felt like people might say, oh, we saw that already. But it seems that, you know, I, I have no sense of the outside world. I think anyone that makes <laughs> makes comics or any kind of art form, just they don't know who is looking at what they're doing. And you just sure. you don't know, sure. you know, so it's 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 been it's been
0: astonishing and overwhelming and great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what more could you ask for? Um well, uh, well, look. I once again, as soon as I saw the new issue, I was once again captivated by the thing. I mean, I mean, once again, you you bring in. I mean, it's as if, it's as if you're reading this comic with you know, um, the the legacy of international comics, reading, looking over your shoulder. I mean, it's, you you feel somehow a little smarter when you're done with this. So thanks for that, Robert. It's always, okay. always good to read something and feel a little bit smarter than when you started. Oh, thanks. So, thanks. Um, but um, uh, uh, look, so uh, now, will you, I know Mocha is coming up this weekend. Will you be at Mocha? or? Yes, yes I you will. will. Okay, yeah, so, I'll, I'll and- I suppose, showing off copies of Terms and Conditions as well. Definitely, yes, right. yes. Um, well, uh, before we leave, I did want to let you maybe say a few things about what you're working on now. I know that there are the, uh, what is the unquotable Trump yes. is coming from DNQ. Maybe you can tell yes. us a little bit about that.
3: Sure, sure. This is, this is a less fun project, although something <laughs> I was very compelled to do. And I have to admit, in this case, I thought it was just something I was putting out as a mini comic, and it would end there. But um, – before the before um, the election, I was very distressed at many many of the things that Donald Trump had said
0: uh, uh, yes. his campaign. So say it uh, all, but go on. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I it's it's strange to have to report it, but yes, I was yeah. I was distressed, and I was thinking. I actually posted this on Twitter. I said someone should do a comic where they just take his dialogue and put it in old comic book covers because I'd seen other people do that. There was even one. There was a similar thing, not with not using Obama's quotes, but there was a there was a mini comic that came out about Obama that was like comics parodies, but using him, it's it it the quality of it is different.
0: <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we'll just move uh, on from that.
3: Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah but, but I saw that and I thought, well, this is Trump seems like a perfect person and here he is, you know, a candidate you know, someone should do this. So I, I tweeted about it. I said, someone should do this. I don't have time. <laughs> and then he won. And I was so upset. Uh, and uh, I just thought, okay, I have to do it. So, so, I ended up, <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, I'm the man. Um, so what it is, is it's, 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 in some ways, it's similar to iTunes, but in other ways, not at all. So it's, it's taking old comic book covers, like Richie Rich, and Dr. Strange, and Justice League, and um, and EC horror comics and so on and so forth and inserting Trump. But in this case, the situation, the visual situation relates directly to the quote that he is saying. Um, one of the ones that got a lot of play online was a cover, an X-Men cover where uh, Cyclops is shooting a beam at Magneto, who in this case now Magneto is Donald Trump. And he's saying, we're going to win so much. You may even get tired of winning. And you'll say, please, please. It's too much winning. Yes. and he's saying that to the camera so he's sort of like not even not even paying attention to the yeah you trying to stop him
0: i i saw i saw another cover i think it's a wonder woman cover where um she's uh it's 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 called nasty woman comics i guess yes, yes. so yes. yeah <laughs> and it's and it's
3: specifically based on a, on a wonder woman comic from the 40s yes yeah because yeah, so. all
0: of these covers are very specific pages yeah same, and, as, same as with terms and conditions yeah
3: um because I just kind of barreled through. I made 16 of these. I made the mini comic. I started posting them on Tumblr. Uh, the mini comic has sold about 2,000 copies, which is astonishing. Oh, like, I'm wow. just selling it between me and Birdcage Bottom and a few other distributors. Mm-hmm. We're getting it out in the world. And, and Drawn and Quarterly approached me about doing it as a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Well, I. I guess I
0: have to eat and draw more. Okay? There you
3: go. Well, eat more <laughs> of Trump and draw more of Trump. So well, uh, it, um,
0: somebody's got to do it, and it might as well be you. <laughs> well,
3: I'm glad, I'm glad people are into it. I I really thought a lot of people might just be like, Ugh, I can't stand this anymore. Uh, but people get the sense of humor but it's a very dark sense of
0: humor it's a very that's sad sense of humor it's not that's <laughs> for sure oh and may i ask i mean how many I'm, I'm curious just to jump back to terms and conditions for a second yes. uh, how many uh, how many copies did you sell of your your handmade mini comics
3: oh that's a good question i have to do the um i'll have to do the math on that um i think it was over a thousand oh, between okay. two volumes but i i should really look it up because um that's pretty impressive <laughs> for a mini comic Oh yeah, well it's two volumes. Yeah, that's so, for the two volumes, know, that's true. Yeah, five hundred so each. Yeah, maybe five hundred each. Yeah. Maybe more the first one. Uh-huh. Um I'd really have to look it up, but I'd say it's in that range. Yeah, yeah. Um it got very once people started writing about it, sure. it, it got very it got very uh, popular. Yeah. Um this Trump thing obviously is so topical that I guess that accounts for it. Um I, I think terms and conditions is better. <laughs> 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 By for a number of reasons. Um but, um, oh, the one last thing I did want to mention, sure. uh, if, if there's time, there's you know, time. I also do um, my um, readings of comics. I do a yes. lot of I do a series called Carousel, mm-hmm. which is cartoonists performing their work. And sometimes it's it's readings. Sometimes there's live music. Sometimes there's like interactive like actors with with projections and things like that. Uh, it can get pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Um, so I've been doing this series. And next week, uh, I, this may be before the podcast Hello. comes up. But give me a next, date. What, Excuse me?
0: Give me, what date is it going to uh, happen?
3: It's Wednesday, April 5th. Okay. Um, we're going to read the entirety of Terms and Conditions. Oh. It's going to be me, some musicians, some actors, and we're going to do a marathon reading at Dixon Place. Um, and um, I'm very excited about it. We actually, we actually read it in over three nights uh, last year in the black and white version. So now we're going to ah. do the and version. Oh. Um, and it's, it's I know it sounds crazy, but um, I was really gratified by the response from the audience. Like, people do get engaged with the, the 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 work, and what we do is we project the images panel by panel, um, and you know the, the words appear as the as the as as they're being spoken. And I have actors doing different voices, so oh, great. different yeah. characters will will you know different characters will embody the the words of the of the conditions, um, and it's uh it's gonna be great.
0: Well, this will be, uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be great. This broad, this this podcast may come out after that. Uh, Bob Sikoriak, uh, uh, author of Masterpiece Comics, um, uh, Terms and Conditions, um, forthcoming The Unquotable Trump. Thank you uh, for being on More to Come. Oh, you're welcome, Calvin. Thanks so much. You bet. All right. Well, good chat
1: with Bob, Calvin.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's always going to be more.
1: To Come. Oh, mm-hmm.